Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. I have a little bit of gas. I'm TJ Majors. This is Brent Griffin. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Give me what you got here. New leader. Watch out for this guy. White flag. Recognize. Go low. Go low. Yo, 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 Brett Griffin, spotter for Clint Boyer, Elliot Sadler, Myatt Snyder. Slightly drunk. I'm not drunk. I'm slightly hungover. I had a really week and it was topped off with a really finish yesterday. So when I got home, I found my best friend Tito and uh, he's a good guy. We went to my buddy Dave's house, me and Tito. And I left Tito there because he was empty. <laughs> I came back by myself. Tito was out. I came back home around 2 o'clock. He bailed on you. Had to walk home. FaceTime me about 1 o'clock. FaceTime Freddie at 1. That was exciting. Freddie's here. Yeah. I don't know why TJ's even on yeah, that we intro. we just record a new one of Freddie at this point. <laughs> Can we redo the intro, Dillner? <laughs> And uh, maybe incorporate Freddie into that, yes. <laughs> since TJ's no longer part of the show. Uh, yeah. So uh, you have to be careful with uh, how many times you curse today, because so store. you know that we're in the store. So. I don't give a. F- <laughs> well, there you go. So, I was going to tell you the last twelve hours for me, I'm not. I'm so not a very Freddy's, good mood. <laughs> yeah, listen to what happened to Freddie, y'all. Freddie is. Uh, Freddie. Freddie's a travel. Master. Master now. <laughs> so we land and we fly on these airplanes. And usually when we land, there's 50 to 60 of us that get off in the pitch black dark. And all of our suitcases are all black. Everybody's Mine's looks not even black. Relatively the same. And Freddie gets home last night and he doesn't have his bag. For the second time <laughs> this year. Somebody has taken my bag and left me theirs. But not like this dumbass like has a bandana tied to the handle of his bag. I get it. I see it. it's the same bag as mine. I'm like, how do you screw that up? Like You're yeah. only mad because of what he found in your bag. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Can you tweet this out, uh, please? Uh, I damn then I wake up this morning, my whole ha- apartment's underwater. That was exciting. So yeah. I just topped off. So now I wanna How does your apartment get underwater? Was I- Will there? <laughs> <laughs> we got Will. Uh, did I ever tell you that story about Will flooding the whole condominium in with Daytona? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Did I tell it on here? I yeah. think so. Uh, did he? Yeah, he remember. said you have Will tell the rest. Yeah. So your your place is flooded. Uh, yeah. It's a couple laundry room, the dining room. Like I, So uh, there's one room in my entire apartment that is locked that I don't have a key to. And yeah. it's like where the HVAC unit is. And this is the second time that water just pours out of there. And I can't do nothing about it except watch it run out because I don't have a key to this damn door. So luckily, my wife is there 
Where's probably, water coming from? It's coming. I think the HVAC deal or something. I don't know. It's just I re- the whole building was flooded. So whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Then I'm driving here. I get stuck behind the damn tour to Mooresville with 47 guys in spandex riding up and down the road. Oh, it's just been a <laughs> tour, tour to Mooresville. Tour to Mooresville. <laughs> I wanted to kill somebody, but I, I refrained from playing bowling with bikers this really morning. Glad you made that choice. Yeah. Now you came enjoy the Chick Fil A. Oh yeah, so my boy Ce, I, th- I appreciate you guys gave him a shout out last week. Big Martinsville winner. Yeah. I, think, I think now all you have the same favorite late mile driver in the country because he brought us a big bag of. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. And Freddie's on a low-carb diet, so he won't eat nothing but nuggets. <laughs> we'll just eat all it's of hard, it. It's hard, man. It's, it takes willpower not to eat a chicken mini. Yeah, I did my best. I'm, You know, it's hard. You and know? I, I, I really appreciate the fact that you put them right in front of me. Yeah. So we'll just keep it right there for you the whole show. Yeah. Hey, I didn't know that. I'd never met CE. You know, he rolled up in this Virginia plate with CE on it. He walked in, handed me a gift card. I was like, I don't know you, but I like you. <laughs> <laughs> he should have stayed and came yeah. on the show. Yeah, I didn't know you guys. I figured you guys were talking because I was a little late. He and should come I on next week. You guys all knew and talked about it. I seen him. No, I just told him I was hungover. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'm CE. And I was like, I'm hungover. <laughs> That's kind of how that went. Uh, I didn't know it was him until he left. Y'all were out there hugging. And I guess he saw your luggage. And uh, <laughs> maybe he took your luggage home. And uh, and I was like, I think Freddie knows that guy. And then I, then I started putting it together. And I was like, damn, I yeah. see fault. So. Well, Props thank for the you. chicken yeah. mix. Breakfast, homie. It's great. Casey's stressing because a hurricane's coming again. <laughs> she's got a bridal shower. She's got her- I don't live in Florida anymore for that reason. Yeah, she's got her 17th wedding activity coming <laughs> up. Yeah. When she's is this wedding? This. January. The week January. after Chili Bowl. Oh, yeah, we've talked. Yeah. Live DBC. Everybody will be sick. From the wedding. Yeah, January. live DBC. January. Great wedding. I got married in January. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like you very much right now. <laughs> it's only going to get worse, I promise. Yeah, I don't know why you guys want to mess up a good thing and get married. <laughs> I mean, we have a house. We have a dog. What else is going to change? A lot. Susan going to be in the wedding? Let me tell you. She's not going to be in the wedding. A lot's going to change. I won't be cutting my hair. Don't worry. And gain 15 pounds. I met Susan recently. She likes to bark a little bit. Yeah. I've seen her at the Susan shop. Does? Oh, yeah. She likes the break time at the shop so all the arca there's an arca team that's in chad shop too yeah and uh there's a break truck that comes around at 10 a.m every morning yeah. and it just honks like once and i guess uh susan got used to the honk so every time like it honks she'll you say come. that word funny <laughs> honk honk, <laughs> honk. <laughs> say it again no, I'm honk. Not it. <laughs> she got used to the break truck noise because all the Arca guys feed her honey, <laughs> honey buns all day. Yeah. So she gained about 10 pounds in the last few Susan weeks. Susan did? Yeah. How tall is Susan? Short. She's not very big. So you big. can't get fat when you're short. No. She's, like, she's ball. like cocky yeah. size pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I'm short. You can't. It's, it's easy to look fat when you're short. When you're tall, you can kind of spread it out. I know. Every pound you're short. Sh- shows on you. I know. Yeah. Struggle. Struggle. So what's your bridal shower? What does that mean? mimosas and girl talk we've had them before like you go to the shower like right they when you get in certain establishments they turn a shower on <laughs> some people start dancing is that the same thing or is it's that a all, different yeah it's where we oh yeah i think tyler green had one of them at his bridal shower yeah and it's boxers yeah <laughs> yeah that's, i don't think is that's, that that's the same it, one that's not the same I thing i hope not oh. does it come with a free buffet it, come, it does <laughs> it does and uh mimosa bar you are accurate on that yeah 
So a lot of shoe shows have uh, free buffets after midnight. My wedding, actually, that's happening. So yeah, can't wait. How much are you spend on your wedding? Two million. My poor dad. I don't. I don't know why. My girls are. I don't know what they're gonna do. <laughs> Eloping. <laughs> No, I ain't paying for that. Just tell them not to get married. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> See, you, you girls screw that whole process up because y'all are born wanting to get married and wanting to have a house and wanting to have a fence and wanting to have a dog and wanting to have a baby. See, guys aren't born like that. Guys are born going, we don't want none of that. And what then y'all wear the hell out of us till we do that. <laughs> what do you want? Just beer? No, we just want to have fun, man. Tito. Just, just do our thing. I feel like we like to have fun, too. Girls, y'all yeah. do till you get married. <laughs> then you cut your hair short and gain 15 pounds <laughs> and your fun meter goes zero <laughs> y'all are killing this wedding thing for me oh uh, you just wait i try to tell freddie i'm happily married i don't know what you're talking I about try to, <laughs> i try to tell freddie he didn't listen now he's building a house and he's doing it all <laughs> he's doing exactly what you damn women want i bet you megan did not like that comment <laughs> megan knows me she'll get over it <laughs> Let's do this show because right. you have a meeting or something. I do. Um, in real life. I, real life, growing up stuff. Um, spot on, spot off. First one. Almirola in position to win and advance before a caution and late crash. Oh, what Freddy. a heartbreaker. Oh, me? You want me to go first? Oh, yeah, because you were just st- staring in his face at that moment. So She's like a teacher that calls on you when you're not there. Yeah. I hate that teacher. I do, too. So, spot off, obviously, I just, I don't understand what Clint has against Eric, but this is the second time this year, right, that he had a race pretty much well in hand, and you guys, not not that Clint did anything wrong, just something broke, yeah. and yeah. he hit a wall, but what, uh, yeah, so spot off on that, obviously, stinks for him, it could have, but a big deal for him to lock in the next round, because uh, I think maybe he's one of the ones that could struggle to be on the verge of that cutoff line as we go further here, but uh, yeah, spot off for that, tough break for him, looked like he had it well in hand, and Unfortunately, something out of his control. Yeah, we uh, we were racing for the lead and the win for for a lot of the day, and then Ryan Newman decided to be Ryan Newman and got us loose, and we washed up into him. And after that, man, we were just really, really tight. And then after that, we got a loose wheel. We pitted for the loose wheel, and then we went back out there, and uh, we broke a ball joint in the left front, which caused us to hit the wall really, really hard. And Jimmy Johnson actually broke a ball joint before the, start of before the, race. the race started. So it's ironic because that's not a part that you hear of failing a lot. Uh, but we both, you know, broke ball joints. So when, when we hit the wall, obviously, we brought the caution out with Eric leading. And before that, I was sitting there watching Eric lead, and I was like, yep, once again, TJ's wrong. Eric's going to win. <laughs> and we hit the wall, and literally almost the first thing out of Clint's mouth after he said he was okay was, I guess I just screwed the 10. And it's like, well, hopefully not, you know. I mean, obviously, you got a round of pit stops coming. Like the last time that you screwed the 10 and uh, the round of pit stops didn't go the 10's way. He came out sixth on the restart, drove into the fence, bounced off fence, hit the two, caused a really big wreck. But here's my thing about this uh, this 10 team. Uh, rookie crew chief, Johnny Klausmeyer, great guy. Every, I mean, I saw him at the airport, kids smiling. You know, like that that speaks volumes. I was fortunate enough a lot of my career to be around Dale Jarrett, and he had a lot of bad days. And we flew home a lot together on the same airplane, and 99% of the time he was still smiling. So it's good to be around those kind of people because they're positive, uplifting people. Eric obviously is a lot better driver than people are giving him credit for. He's continuing to win races, leading laps. That's a big deal, winning stages. His wins are going to come. I did hate to see him get robbed, though, yesterday. Spot off. Do you um, you think they should have stayed out? You yeah, think, I think so. But the thing is, man, you know this. You know, you're leading the race, and you say, I'm going to pit, 
and and what you do, everybody else has to do the opposite to give them a chance to win. Because if they all do what you do and everybody has a 14-second pit stop, the same guy still has a chance to win. But by him, you know, saying he's pitting, it gave everybody else a chance to do the opposite. Yeah, I just felt like I just felt like enough. Like if you're gonna, you know, there's eight, nine to go, whatever you crash, we're gonna run three or four. Ain't gonna be many. You know, caution laps. So there's gonna be four or five to go. You know, you start on the pole, and all you really need is really I a think, good restart, a one row buffer. You yeah. know what I mean? Like if you get three guys to stay out with you out of the sixteen or seventeen on a lead lap, you, uh, you the race is yours. And Chase showed that. You know, yeah. even Denny started next to him on two tires, and Chase just, just get a good restart. And you, it's so hard to pass there that I just they had those, your car, the four Stewart Haas cars were missiles yesterday. I yeah. mean, at one time they come by, Bubba made a comment or Drew made a comment like. I said, all right, here comes the leader to four. All right, here comes second, 14. Here comes third to 10. All right, here comes fourth to 41. I'm like, I said, I believe they've got something figured out here, guys. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah. so just as you've got the fastest cars all day long, I just, uh, you know, hate to see them put them in traffic. And they put all of them in traffic. You know, I think the 10, the 41, and the four all pit. Like, yeah. especially if I was the four, like, I definitely would have stayed out because he was hands down the class of the field all day. Yeah. And he already has a ton of points. Yeah. yeah. And, but, you know, it is what it is. Monday morning quarterback. It's uh, It was a Ford-dominated race, yeah. and then Chevrolet snuck the win out there at the end. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this about that race. I was very disappointed in the, uh, the the lines not ever coming in. Like, the bottom stayed the preferred line throughout the race, and then typically mm-hmm. there we see the middle and the top really come in, which gives us the opportunity to pass. It doesn't come in early in the run. It comes in, yeah. you know, lap 30 to lap – we run about 95 laps there on fuel, but that lap 30 to lap 90, man, that's when you start seeing some passing – and for whatever reason, man, that tire yesterday, it just never let the top come in. And I was sitting up there, you know, watching them first stages play out and obviously collecting a lot of points and being thankful for, for starting up front and running up front. But I was like, man, this kind of sucks. It was weird. Like, I noticed, like like you said, about midway through that first tire run, you know, guys started getting up there. Like, I looked, and Ricky was really fast. And Ricky was, you know, as we rubbered up the middle, Ricky moved up above the rubber. Yeah. And it would, you know, he took off for a couple laps. Then that lane started rubbering up because other guys seen him do it. So then I think it was Newman moved up, and it was still like, you know, a five-foot patch of, you know, concrete between, you know, where the rubber was at. And uh, he moved up there. He started hauling ass. Then yeah. it went away as it rubbered it. So it was like as soon as the spot took rubber, it, was over. it, it lost speed, and yeah. you had to go back to, you know, it didn't lose speed. It, it was the same speed, but, you know, you might as well just run the bottom. It's the shortest way around. Yeah. So, you know, it, I just felt like as it took rubber, the lanes were slowing down. And, and you just had to go back to the yeah, bottom. That was a run. really great racetrack. A lot of banking, you know, a lot of passing opportunities in terms of the surface. But I, I don't know, man. I hope they revisit, revisit that tire. Yeah. Yeah. Next one. Oh, this is going to be a fun one to talk about. Probably the rest of the show. 2019 rules package. Dillners want more Chick-fil-A. Freddie, yeah. stuck his, Freddie fingered one of those. I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's anything in there. But you know how people lick their finger and stick it in? Stick it in stuff right before you eat it. Yeah, he did that. I, did. I licked the whole um, thing. I mean, here's the thing about the 2019 rule package: we can't really spot on or spot off it, right? Because we don't know. We've yeah. not run this package. We've never in our lives raced this particular package. So the jury is out. Now I think by the middle of the summer next year we'll be able to give it a true evaluation because we'll have run enough. Freddie actually is who sent me the list of where we're going to run it. I'll say this about the list: really, really disappointed that we're running this at Darlington. Really disappointed that we're running this at Fontana. I feel like those two racetracks have put on wonderful shows and high horsepower creates a lot of great racing there. So I'm kind of bummed that those two are on the plate package 
or spacer package or whatever the hell we want to call this. Here's what we do know about this package. The significance of the spotter is probably going to increase. We're probably talking about drafting more than we ever have. We're talking about higher corner speeds, which makes it very difficult for Goodyear because heavy cars going faster in the center of the corner is a challenge for the tire maker. It's going to be a higher level of grip because we're running slower speeds. Uh, I think you're going to see bigger crashes because when guys are running closer and they wreck, you're going to see more cars get in this thing. I don't know, man. It just seems like, to me, a really big attempt to make slower cars relevant in the race. And I don't know what the long-term vision is when you start going down this path because, obviously, they haven't shared it with us. We start hearing about Gen 7. We start hearing about, you know, more manufacturers want to come in. And so there was a lot of messages in this in this package, right? So, like, you know, are you teasing me with saying there's more manufacturers? Are you saying that uh, to kind of take away the – I don't know, man. There's a lot going on right here for for people like me and Freddie and, and, and a lot of people in this industry that make a living doing this. This is a huge shift in direction, and it's a shift into the unknown. And and I don't know if it's going to be good or bad, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's the jury's still out. Like we can't really comment with any kind of certainty about it. But um, you know, I just like you said, there's going to be so much stuff, and we're going to probably have to play a bigger part next year. I seen a picture that Denny or somebody had posted of the car at uh, Phoenix where they just tested him, and the sport like we're going to have there's not going to be able to see anything out of the back of these race cars. The spoiler is so tall yeah. that we're going to have to do way more spotting out the back, which is no fun really, you know. But like packing up and we'll see if it has a desired effect or not like like you said like we definitely didn't need to take it places where we have a great race already where the tire wears out and you know like california atlanta darlington like places where we, the guys become driver you know the guys that are really good drivers you know show they up show up yeah you know but you know so i don't know i just i i, I can't get a hundred percent behind something that when you have all the racers, you know, the, the crew chiefs, the drivers are wanting to go in one direction and we take a 180 and go the completely opposite direction. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm I'm holding out hope that it has a desired effect and kind of, you know, changes the landscape of what where we're going right now. Uh, I'm slightly pessimistic about it, but uh, I'm willing to keep an open mind. <laughs> yeah. Is it a lot of people are saying that it might make Xfinity Series look a little bit better? You know, I think the Xfinity series is is a, is the best series right now in terms of some of the products that we're putting out there. But what makes it so exciting to work? I don't know about to watch because I'm working. But when I'm working it, what makes it so freaking exciting is the dumbasses that are out there with their cars hung in third gear that are 40 miles an hour off the pace because you're constantly navigating traffic. It's creating passing. You're able to kind of plan ahead and see where that lap car is running and, and, and set a pick. You know, if you watch basketball, you set a pick to get open. When racing, you'll set a pick and pin that guy that you're trying to pass behind that slow car. I mean, we saw Ross Chastain and Kevin Harvick wreck one another at Darlington because Harvick tried to set a pick on a lap car in the Xfinity race. So I think the Xfinity race is, is exciting a lot because of those slow cars. But it sure as hell looks like the Cup Series package is going toward what the Xfinity Series has been doing for the last few years with these taper spacers, high corner speeds. Um, the faster you go in the center of the corner, the harder it is to pass. Yep. That's just a, that's a reality. If you have to slow down to make the corner, the guy who slows down the least is the fastest, and he has an opportunity to pass 
if everybody's going crazy fast through the center of the corner, nobody's having to slow down to make the corner, and it makes it very difficult to pass. But again, you know, we've not run this package. I think all the drivers are very happy to see us come up from 400 horsepower at the all-star race to 550. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if we don't keep tweaking on this, you know, throughout the summer, you can't mess with it when the playoffs start, but, um, whoever is making this decision, and I, I don't know who that is, but whoever is making this decision in his committee, uh, I, I don't, I don't think this is the last change, but Freddie just made a really valid point. Elliot's big on this that when we run some of these packages with a, with a rear spoiler, they can't see the car in front of the car that they're behind. So if you're running fourth, you can see third, but you can't see second because that spoiler is completely blocking your ability to look through that guy's cockpit and see out in front of him. So, you know, these guys are looking through their windshield, then the back windshield of another car, and then the front windshield of that car. That's how they see. And that big spoiler takes away their ability to see a lot of that. So now you're spotting out the back of the car and the front yeah, of the car. I can't see either way. And it's exhausting. <laughs> it's also I'm going to get a million dollars a year next year to spot. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm moving. <laughs> I don't know where to. Myrtle Beach. I'm going to get my own helicopter. Oh, <laughs> Jeffrey Earnhardt says he's tired of being bullied on the track. Who bullied? What is he talking about? I Daniel Hammett Hammer wrecked him, and he's tired of being bullied. Hey, here's an idea. Get out of the way. Or it kind of sounds like it's it's. Yesterday uh, was the worst he's ever been in the way. That they're using him as like a crutch when they have a bad day. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't wreck on the last lap or be the last caution of every race. Uh, you just can't do that. When you do that, you're you're going to create conversation around you, you know. And he's been the last ca- caution in a lot of races. I mean, he was called meaningless. I didn't call him meaningless, but he was called meaningless. Uh, but yesterday was hands down the worst he's ever been in the way for me personally. Uh, if you hang on somebody's right rear on the exit, and then they're considerably faster than you. You're you're being a nuisance. And when you're ten laps down and you're doing it, like it's it's just we have racing etiquette. And it's unspoken, but we know what it is. And and I don't know I, I don't know who was spotting for him yesterday or, or what, but he was hand. I, I tell Clint point blank, Harvick is catching you. He's three back. When he gets there, get out of the way. You're going to slow both of us down and let him go, and then see if you can follow him. Maybe we, we can pass some of these guys and navigate through track. Like, I tell my guy, get out of the way. I, some of these guys, I guess they're scared to do that because he was in the way for. <clears throat> The whole time I was out there. It's like you said, though, Dover is one of the worst places to, like, just not lift at the three-quarter mark and let the guy have the exit. You know what I mean? Like, and, and we do the same thing. Like, I tell Bubba, you know, the guy's one back, give him the bottom. You know, we'll give him the bottom. And then Bubba knows how hard it is, like, when you're passing somebody, to, you need that. You need, especially at Dover, you need to use the whole racetrack on exit. So if somebody wants to just keep their nose barely on your quarter, like, it's gonna it'll kill your lap time by a half a second at least you know what i mean because you got to lift roll out of throttle stay down how best you can so like you see most of the guys have a little bit of courtesy for each other there as far as the quote goes i really don't know what he's talking about uh you kind of draw attention to yourself by doing dumb (laughs) for a month and then freddie and i are the king of doing dumb (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we might have to invite him to the club but uh yeah welcome to the dumb club so <laughs> the dumb shish the dumb shit club she she um so yeah i don't i don't know i'm spot off on him claiming to be bullied like just just run your race and do your thing and stay out of the way and nobody will even know you're out there there's a guy like landon castle you don't know he's out there don't wreck be, with 10 be, to go because here's just, an idea 
<laughs> yeah. But, you know, there's some guys that just get it, and they just know, all right, I'm just out here to run 30th today. I want to keep my race car clean. My owner can't afford to fix this thing every week. Uh, you know, I'm just going to stay out of the way. And you don't even know they're out there. And then there's other guys you just try to get around. And they – not that they race the hell out of you, but they just aren't courteous enough to get you – you know, get out of the way. Yeah. Jimmy Johnson buys the 78 team kids bikes as an apology after the Robo incident. Spot on, spot off, Brett. Man, I woke up to this and saw it on the Twitter. Uh, I thought it was kind of funny, you know, but I bet he won't ever buy bikes again. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you do something and you tend to have bad luck, you tend to analyze what you did. And yeah. he didn't even he didn't even take the green <laughs> yesterday. So I bet he never buys another kid's bike in his life. <laughs> ever. Yeah, ever again. Spot on Fair. for the gesture, man. Obviously, it was uh, intended to be funny. I mean, those guys were asking for roughly $20,000 in mountain bikes. Oh, well, forgive me. He'd buy us all new mountain bikes. <laughs> and uh, yeah. he gave them all little girls bikes. <laughs> well. Yeah. Yeah. Thought that, it was funny. Definitely spot on. It was funny. I saw, Did you see the the placard that they put out with the bikes this morning this is 10 to wheel hop you yeah. know what i mean <laughs> yeah but it was cool i you know i seen a lot of, i was down in the garage and i seen a bunch of people you know fans walking around they was giving them out to fans so it was cool like little kids carrying bikes around and riding them in pit area so it's just a cool gesture like you said bad karma uh <laughs> he probably ain't gonna do that ever again the but, funniest thing of the whole process was he got all those bikes in what looked like the back of an suv yeah. Uh, that was that was pretty funny. Yeah, Jimmy's a great guy, man. Like, uh, you know, he's one of those people that's very private, and you wish his personality was better known. You know, he's, he reminds me of Mark Martin. You like Mark Martin was was driving at Roush and and was kind of a suppressed brand. I mean, yeah, he was Mark Martin and won a lot of races, had a lot of fun, but you never really got to know Mark Martin. And then when he left Roush, just like he came out of his shell a little bit. Uh, Jimmy kind of reminds me of that because he's a great guy, does a lot of great things, goes out and has a lot of fun. Uh, and people call him, you know, vanilla personality or Manila or whatever the hell that word is they use to describe that. And he's really not like he's he's a fun dude. He's a California guy. California guys are well. I thought some of, are, people are some of them are really weird. But Jimmy's not one of the weird ones. He's fun. Uh, we got Monez. I mean, he's pretty normal. Monez spots for uh, the seventy two, <laughs> and he did a great job yesterday of staying out of the way. <laughs> I got a funny. It story. sucks to spot a slow car. I've been there. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely, is miserable. So, it's so fun to spot a fast car, and it's so it sucks so bad to spot as well. So long. yesterday, uh, paint scheme wise, seventy two and twenty three looked a lot of like black yeah, cars, identical. white numbers, you know. So the twenty three come out on tires or something. He's slow, as <laughs> but like he's racing the hell out of us because he's got tires. Yeah, and Bubba is getting irate, and he like he's not saying anything, but I can just tell the way he's driving, like he is getting yeah. ready to lose his mind. Well, like two laps later, the guy's tires wear away. We drive away. So then fast forward, I don't know how far into the race it was next, but we catch the 72 car, which is Corey LaJoy, good friend of Bubba's. I guess, jokingly, Corey flips Bubba off yeah. going down the front stretch. Yeah. Well, Bubba thinks it's a 23. And he said, I tried to drive in there and wreck that son of a <laughs> so uh, And she goes, then I come off the corner. I said, oh, God, that's Corey. <laughs> he says, I thought he was flipping me off. He goes, I was going to wreck the hell out of him. <laughs> He said, but he said, but it was Corey, so I'm all right. Yeah. He said I had to tell myself for two laps. Okay, calm down, yeah. calm down. That's funny. Yeah, they used to all flip each other off, give each other signs, because they were all like Elliot and Dale Jr. and I love. They do it. They did the. I guess I'll just tell you all this. They did the shocker back in the day. They're hanging out the window. <laughs> I haven't heard you know? that word in a really long time. And, uh, and and so that was kind of the, all those guys that were buddies when they were racing around each other, and they would pass one another. They throw you the 
the old the old <laughs> hand sign, which meant "See you later, buddy." I'm faster than you today, and uh, so it's kind of funny when you do it with friend. But yesterday, Chase Elliott flipped Clint off, and Clint went bananas. You tell him after the race, I'm gonna stick that finger up his ass. <laughs> Like, he went nuts. So, like, when they're in there and their body temperatures are high and their heart rate's high, and, you know, it's 160 degrees in those damn cars, and they're hot and they lose their mind. It's funny. Like, Clint's flipping the hell out, and I'm just steady laughing. <laughs> His dad once said to me, Brett, if you would key up when he goes on these rants, you know, it would it would break up the message because when two people key up, it sounds like Charlie Brown's school teacher. And I was like, Pop, if I key up, I'm not going to hear what he says. <laughs> I think it's entertaining when Clint loses his mind. <laughs> Hirschman's really good at that move. He's, he's got that move down pat, keying up when Kyle starts. That's because Hirschman's a puss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's a damn psychology major is yeah. what he is. I want to hear what they say. That's what makes <laughs> I'm up there bored to death, and they lose their mind. I'm like, yeah, we're, yeah, woo. Oh. we're back. I'm going to keep listening to your radio more than anybody else now. Ooh. All right, let's take a break. This is your Exalta Race Center update. I'm Matthew Dillner. The monster reached out and bit many on NASCAR weekend. On Sunday, Chase Elliott survived Dover International Speedway and an overtime finish to score his second Cup Series win. The W punches the Dawsonville, Georgia driver's ticket into the next round of the playoffs. On Saturday, Christopher Bell rang the final bell of the opening round of the Xfinity Series playoffs with his sixth win of the season. He bested Cole Custer and Junior Motorsports top finisher Justin Allgaier. Those three drivers, plus Daniel Hemrick, Elliott Sadler, Tyler Reddick, and Austin Sindrick will all move on to the round of eight, which begins in two weeks at Kansas Speedway. Before Kansas, the rest of NASCAR will head this week to Alabama's Talladega Super Speedway. After their break, the Truck Series continues their playoffs this Saturday. Then on Sunday, the Cup Series goes pack racing with playoff implications on the high banks of Talladega. This has been your Exalta Race Center update. Exalta is the official paint partner of NASCAR, developing, manufacturing, and supplying coatings to all types of vehicles and industrial applications. For more on Exalta, please visit ExaltaCS.com. At One Main Financial, we believe in the importance of community. That means partnering with our neighbors to reach common goals, lending a hand when it matters most, and commitment to our neighborhoods. Community isn't just where you are. It's where you make a difference. One Main Financial, not just in the neighborhood, but part of your community. Providing personal loan solutions and one-on-one local service. One Main Financial, your needs, your goals, your dreams. Offer subject to restrictions and requirements of the licensee. For licensing information, visit our website or call us. All right, we are back. Um, I'll head into Fastlane where I'll give Brett and Freddie uh, 30 seconds to respond to these questions. First one, Chase Elliott's Dover victory advances him to the round of eight. What are the chances of reaching Homestead? Brett. They're better than mine. <laughs> mine were pretty high yesterday for a long time. I don't know, man. I uh, I don't think Chase is anywhere near championship material yet. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously I saw where he's the fourth youngest guy in NASCAR history to have two wins behind some really good guys, Logano, Petty, et cetera. Um, but, but that team is not fast enough. I mean, how many laps did they lead? When you get to Homestead, you're going to have to run top four all day. The, the, yeah. the top four contenders are going to be lights out. He definitely wasn't top four all day. They're going to show you they deserve it. I forgot we even had a timer on I'm that. So sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I agree. I, I, they haven't shown the speed, I think. The only place where he has a shot, I would say, potentially, is Phoenix. You know, if he could 
stay close and he can run really well at Phoenix. He did last year. He was chasing, remember if he was chasing Denny yeah. uh, after the Martinsville deal. So uh, he was fast there. So, you know, if he's got a, I'd call a 50, 50 shot. I just, they just haven't had the overall speed. Like he said, to get up there and collect stage points and, um, you know, advance themselves in the next round. Like you said, yesterday he was seventh, eighth, seemed like all day long. And then the last pit stop, he gets up there. Yeah. That, you know, there, there was a wild card in round one with a Roble. There's a wild card in round two with Talladega. There's no wild cards in round three. You're going to have to go out and you're going to have to earn it. You're going to have to be fast. Uh, you're talking about Martinsville, Texas, Phoenix, uh, three completely different styles of racetracks. If you don't have speed, you're not going to Homestead. I don't, I don't, I don't think they're fast enough. 2019 Super Speedway rules package won't include a restrictor plate for three of four races. Will the racing be any different without the plate? Freddie. Who asked this question? It wasn't your turn. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Brett. <laughs> How the do we know? <laughs> I mean, I, I think that it's going to have the same effect. We're going to run a tapered spacer there, and they're going to make sure that we have the same racing i think so just aside from the restrictor plate and their tapered spacer essentially do the same thing so i think the racing will be pretty much the same i don't think it'll change much i think it's gonna be completely different <laughs> you're such a liar <laughs> jason what what did you think right before you wrote this question down? i was thinking that everyone's like they're not running a restrictor plate they're freaking out on twitter and i was like people probably don't understand that uh, the restrictor plate and tapered spacer have similar effect we're just trying to okay great the job fans. telling them we go to the next question <laughs> On that note. <laughs> Sorry, that's a question. <laughs> not to beat this whole show today. You're going to run Blame out of Tito. paper. Yeah. It's Tito's fault. Yeah, I didn't have anything My to do with Spanish Tito. friend. <laughs> Tito's <laughs> Spanish, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, he was. Yeah. Ish. He, he hung out with me Columbian all week. Colombian name? Yeah. He hung, out, he hung out with me all weekend. I went to school in Colombia. <laughs> South Carolina. I think that's a little different. <laughs> you said Colombian? I'm Colombian. On to the next question. Uh, the Talladega playoff race winner has advanced to the final four in each of the last two seasons. Now we got something. With Logano in 16 and Kozlowski in 17. Who has the best chance to make it to Miami this weekend? Right. I think the Penske cars have been incredibly fast. I'm stating the obvious at, uh, at Talladega for several years. You know, we've all got. They've all got – all the Fords have – all the good, good Fords. I say that word. All the fast Fords have Roush Yates motors that Doug Yates built. Doug takes a ton of pride in his plate motors. and and But the Penske camp has, has figured out a couple things that give him a little bit more speed. So I, I think you got to look at a guy like Brad and you got to say, okay, you know, he ran top six yesterday. He made some call gutsy calls at the end to put him in position. He was going to run top three. I think Brad's your guy. Yeah, I would agree that I would say Brad would be the number one candidate. It seems like when the Penske cars get out front, they can just control the race. Like, yeah. They get lined up, and they can control the whole race. Uh, if you're going to throw somebody else in there, I'll take my boy Clint over there. Uh, he's got nothing to lose this week, kind of. He's got to dig himself out of a little hole, So, and he's been notoriously a great plate racer. Um, so you know He I'll was take, an amazing play racer. I started spotting for him. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be pulling for old Brett and Clint this week. Hopefully they get themselves out of that hole. It uh, – I don't know, man. It's a it's a wild card. You know, it's it's Talladega. You look at it and you just literally go, "Oh no, it's Talladega." And all I'm telling you is, a spotter, when you get up there and you put your radios on and you look out across all the campfires that are burning all night, and you look at all the babies being made in them tents, <laughs> and you go, "Man, I just want to finish today." 
Like that's the first thought you have as a spotter is I just want to finish. Because you know if you finish, you're going to get a top 12 and, and you're going to feel pretty good about it. But you just want to finish. But we can't do that. Like we got to get stage points. Like Freddie just said, we got to be balls to the wall. I'll be watching. Oh, uh, off the wall topic. Where are you watching at? Here? Right here? Junior Motorsports. <laughs> 30, 30 Mo Media. Going to Junior Motorsports to watch the race. Yeah. I won't be in Talladega. Oh. I was in Dover. I'll be in Kansas. Yeah. You know, you could text us sometime what's where your suites are so we could come get some waters or something. I was going to ask you guys if you wanted to. Oh, I'm sure you were. <laughs> I that, texted that was, you when I was at the casino and you were at your hotel. Like, who does that on a Friday night? I had a bad week. I was stressed out. My mom fell and broke her hip. Got it. And That's fair. Elliot ran like Fido's ass on Saturday. We finished 11th. Clint Rex. That's why I went and found Tito last night. Well. I had a bad week, Casey. I'm glad you but didn't call, back. I'm glad you didn't call me at the casino. You'd see my drunk ass wandering around. <laughs> I feel like I might have saw you from a distance. <laughs> Freddie? Was I standing up? You didn't even go say hello. That's real nice, Casey. I, was, I think I was leaving, and uh, I couldn't tell if it because I actually thought I saw you, so which rude. is when I texted you. Yeah. I, was, I was at dinner at a restaurant, and there was another table, and some guy was drinking a very large drink, and I was like, Brett? Have you ever noticed that women are more likely to use the word texted? Texted. Like a guy, was, like when I say I text you, like I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm saying ED. Like it's on the word. I'm just not able to, I don't say texted. Because we have better grammar. But females will say, I texted. I texted. Because that's grammar. All I've gotten yeah. out of this conversation is she thought she saw you, she thought she saw me, and she texted you, <laughs> not me. She could have said hello to either one I of mean, us had it been us. She could have approached us sorry. and known that it wasn't me and that that's it was okay. you. Yeah, well, my feeling, well. I'm just making my day better. It's fine. Such a great. Great friend. <sighs> you know what else girls get is free drinks. They just roll that. into a place. Like I was thinking last night on the way home, I was like, you know, it'd be pretty damn nice to be a female because you ro- you look all fine and you roll in there and you roll up to the bar and you probably buy your first drink. I doubt they even buy that one. And then you don't buy another drink the rest of the night. Guys are just like, I'll get hers. Hey, here's a drink. Or you roll into a crowd because, I mean, I'm from South Carolina and it's literally – you know, you got to buy the girls food and, and sure. even, I, mean, I, don't, I don't mean if you're on a date, like if, if me and you right now went to lunch, I would buy your lunch because that's what guys from the South are supposed to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. But y'all got it pretty good on that front. Mm, not bad. <laughs> I mean, if we were at the bar, I'd buy you guys a drink to be nice. But you save a lot of money. This is also very How true. How much money do you think you save a year by being a female? <laughs> <laughs> well, if I was single, it'd be different because Chad... Like, pays for a lot of my stuff, but that's because he has so to. So you're saving even more. He don't have to do <laughs> What do you mean he has to? How much money are you saving being a female? Oh. Uh, Millions. <laughs> I mean, maybe. 20000 Off the wall topic. <laughs> a karaoke host in Washington is singing the same Garth Brooks song for 36 consecutive hours to raise money for breast cancer awareness. If you had to sing the same song for 36 hours, what would uh. it be? Jeez. My turn? Ah, hell, I don't know. Probably something by Billy Joel, Piano Man, something like that. Sing this song. You're the piano man. You can't sing that for 36 hours. Sure you can. You barely pulled it off for 36 (laughs) seconds. That wasn't even 3.6 seconds. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, 36 hours. What song is it? I think he's saying Friends in Low Places, yeah. right? Oh, no. <laughs> he should have, it should have been like every Garth Brooks song, so that way it was like what, a concert. What was he doing it for? Oh, raise money? Yeah. Oh, just give him money. Just give him money. Start a GoFundMe, and uh, that one lady started a GoFundMe. Yeah, she's making out all right. And she made a lot of money. For what? The damn, what's, I don't know what her name is. Uh, we probably can't talk about that. I either. don't remember her name. All right, what's your song? <laughs> My song? Yeah. I know it. You sang it for 36 hours when we were in Nashville. It's uh, <laughs> oh, the Buy Me a Boat song. I was just about to ask boat. if that was it. Buy me he a sang truck that. to pull it. It was two days straight of hearing that stupid song. I almost cursed, but I, I Jay, poor Jason. Poor he already has a list of one. seconds that he has to cut uh, out. Yeah, yeah. My falsetto voice is messed up today, but I think I would do the, uh, <laughs> what the hell are you I'm going to make a change uh, for uh, once in my life. Man in the mirror, baby. Michael Jackson. He's my guy. Michael. He's your He's still hero. my guy. Rest in peace, Mike. Miss you, buddy. Got nothing. We're done. Yeah. I'm All done. right. What? Ask you don't like that song? I do like that song. That's my favorite song. I like it. Of all the songs. Of all the songs. Which Ever. one is it? Man in the Mirror? I listen to it on every plane ride. I like it. Makes me feel good. <laughs> feel good i don't really follow it's the philosophy of that song a lot it's usually because you're drunk on every plane right <laughs> i don't i hadn't drank on a plane all year this year i don't think i think that's what about when you guys won i think that's a lie we only won we drove didn't we in martinsville martinsville clint drove i didn't drive because i drank beer the whole time oh. well that's tvc first one uh P. Schmitz, 1998, maybe? 1988. 88, wow. Uh, as a spotter, what do you think, or what do you look for when a driver is reporting a tire issue? What info do you like to give the crew chief and team? Uh, we just look for, the only thing we can ever, if he says something about a loose wheel, that's that's 100% on yeah. the driver. We just tell the picker to be ready and tell the driver they're ready if you need to come. And he makes that determination because we there's nothing we can tell. I mean, unless it's like falling off, we can see that. Like Clint, but, I mean Clint yesterday. Yeah, like there's nothing you can see for a loose wheel, but uh, like if we hit the wall or something, we can look for tire rubs and stuff like that. But there's nothing for loose wheel unless you do something completely different than what I do. <laughs> I just pray you don't wreck. Oh, a loose wheel. It's like perfect. <laughs> this is awesome. We're gonna lose two laps and not be uh, relevant the rest of the day. This is awesome news. That's what you. That's what goes through your mind when you hear loose wheel. And then you hear the crew chief fill it out, <laughs> see if you can manage it. I mean, I guess if you got a pit, pit, then you're thinking, well, now he feels like <laughs> for pitting. Yeah, you know, like it's it sucks. It's not a good situation. And these, you know, these guns are still an issue. People have kind of stopped talking about it. Maybe they told them to stop talking about it, but it's those guns are still a little bit of an issue. Harpsy Harps asks, why? What do you people do for Twitter names? Like, let's make the Hardest Twitter name ever to say, know. and let's name ourselves that. Harpsy Harps. <laughs> this person asks, why is Dover in the playoffs? Terrible race until the last 20 laps. What other track should be in the playoffs in lieu of Dover? Michigan or Kentucky? Kentucky. Is he, I knew this is good. This is going to get exciting. His face right this now. This could get exciting. We should have zoomed in on that. I don't know if Harpsy Harps is a male or a female, but Kentucky? At Kentucky instead of Tover. <laughs> Michigan's a horrible race also. Like, I, I'm not horrible, but. <laughs> Jeez. Um, again, I'll say what I said earlier in the show. I was disappointed that the groove didn't widen out. I think that would have created a better race. 
uh, the guys were driving their tails off. I mean, I literally saw, you know, a bunch of people working hard in the race car. It just was extremely, extremely hard to pass yesterday. And I think uh, I'm glad Dover's in the playoffs, man. I think Dover is located in a great area around Philadelphia, around Baltimore. You know, it's a it's a pretty state. I think the, it's I a think good track. It's it's got the casino right there. You know, there, there's a lot of things that make me like Dover, and and I just wish the tire had been different. So harpsy harps. I, I don't think Kentucky is the answer to any of your questions. And I I think that we just need a different tire. Yeah. I mean, in the past, that race has been a great race. Guys moving around. You know, we had uh, Larson and Kenseth a couple years ago. Kyle and Chase Elliott a couple years ago. I will 100% agree. I was struggling to stay awake for about 300 laps yesterday. And then at the end, it got a little exciting with all the cautions. But, uh, yeah, there's I, there's nothing wrong with Dover as far as the racetrack. We just it missed on the tire or whatever, for whatever reason, the track just didn't widen out like it normally does. But, yeah, I wouldn't move Dover out of there at all. Kentucky is a great state. They have bluegrass. They have bourbon. But we do not need that racetrack <laughs> anywhere near a playoff. Tell us how you really feel. That's Brett's favorite track. Yeah. I'm just, and I'm not in shape enough to go there twice a year. <laughs> I walk up the damn stairs because the elevator's broke. Oh. I'm fat. <laughs> All right. I'm not as fat as I was, but I'm still fat. You're not fat. Thanks. Um, Edger Wood. Your hair looks great today, too. Hey, thanks. You're welcome. Edger Wood wants to know... If Freddie can explain the picture that he tweeted from a what looks like a fight breaking out in Martinsville. Yeah. Most of the pictures I post I can't explain on, <laughs> on public forums. But, um, yeah, so Martinsville, it was the late model race. Bubba was running. Uh, this was seven, eight years ago, I think. So it happened to be the, like the seventh anniversary. It popped up on my Facebook memories or some <laughs> Sorry, Chase. Um, so, so we were in the last chance race and – Ended up getting in a wreck. And I was talking talking about not being fat. I'm fat now. Wasn't as fat then. You were fatter. Fat. No, I was then. skinnier then. Oh, you were skinny. I yeah, thought you were talking was, about like a month ago. No, oh, no. This is seven <laughs> years ago. So you were skinnier. Yeah. So yeah. I was probably like 30 pounds skinnier. So the guy that so, wants to fight me is like six foot eight and about, I don't know, 7,000 pounds. He wanted to fight you. Yeah, he wanted to fight me because it was the other guy's spotter and I was being my typical like Yankee self. Yeah, kind of being. Yeah. yeah. Yankee. So, uh, so we yelled back and forth a little bit, and he come running over, and that, the picture is of the official splitting us up in the grandstands. But the funniest part about that picture that we laugh about today is that big son of a calls up to me and goes, I ain't afraid of you, big boy. I said, you, do you have a mirror at your house? Like, you're foot you, taller you are a foot taller than me and got 200 pounds on me, and you're calling me big boy. Like, man, F you. Uh, yeah. But, so yeah. So that was it. Just me and Bubba had just actually talked about that because the late model race was the week before. So it was, he's like, "You remember that time we went down there and you got into that fight with that big guy and he called you big boy?" And I'm like, "Yeah." So then that picture popped up. I said, "This is a good day to tweet this one out." But yeah. yeah so that was the that was the explain explanation so for that. Edgar Edger, depending on how you pronounce that, he's right. There was a fight breaking out. Oh yeah, there was a fight. Yeah, we were getting ready to go at it. The best part was so B Rad. So this guy kind of looks like me. So B Rad, our buddy, one of the bus drivers, he he tweets and goes, "That guy looks like he's telling you to sit down." But he he thought I was the other guy because the other guy was kind of bigger, you know, fatter than I was. Yeah. So he thought I was fat all the time. He didn't realize at one point I was skinny and didn't look like this. Yeah. So he didn't. You're getting unfat now. You're doing the keto thing. Yeah, keto up, man. No carbs. Trying. It's hard when you go out with Brett though because he wants the old <laughs> cheese curds and God I can't help but I love cheese curds, man. <laughs> 
cheese curds. They're the best. They are the best. They'd be great right now. They are good. For our rant, you guys are going to tell us what silly season rumors there are. Are there? Are we in silly season still? Yeah, it's, I want to know what's going on. It's starting to and clear up. by that, I mean, I have to take a call, so Jason's going to take over. Well, have but fun. See you. Thanks for coming. You guys better have some Bye, juicy gossip. When, when your call's done, go to my house and help Megan clean the water out. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> she gone. She out. So, rant. Rant. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Sports fans. Okay. Does it make sense to you that guys get to keep all these bonus points from the regular season into the second round of the playoffs? Man, I think we talked about this a lot this weekend, me, you, and then everybody else that we run into, we brought it up to. And I think everybody's kind of of the same opinion where the playoff points should 100% be added to that first round total. And then once we get to that second round, like – there's no way a guy like we use Justin Allgaier as an example, who was he's right on the cusp of missing the chase. Like if he had a loose wheel at the wrong time on Saturday, he's done. He's out of the playoffs. Yeah, and he went from that to now. Well, how big is his point lead? Leading the points yeah, again. He, he's back in front, leading the points, and same thing with these other guys, you know, like Kyle Busch and them. So, I, man, I don't know. I I just feel like maybe they should be added to the first round and then drop from there. But you do earn them points. It's not like they're just given to you. So. I can kind of see both sides of it, but it just seems like if you have three bad races or two bad races and one decent race squeak into the next round, you vault over eight guys. It doesn't seem right. It's not right. No, we we were in the same boat. You know, we were literally fighting for the last spot at the Roval, and and we were you know a point in, a point out, two points in, two points out. We get to Dover, and they go, "We're lining up by points. You're fifth. And I'm like, "How am I fifth? Well, you got all your bonus points. I don't understand how those bonus points don't zero out after round one. And the only bonus points you carry into round two are bonus points that you accrue during round one. When you win a stage, when you win a race, those carry you over into round two. It is almost asinine that we're taking guys like Mark Truex, Kevin Harvick. I mean, even Clint Boyer, the 14, 15 points we had or whatever that number is like, that shouldn't be like, when you look at the the thing, it's like, man, those guys are guaranteed – an easy walk to Homestead because they had a great twenty six races. Yeah, and I don't think that's deserving. I don't. I don't. I don't think in round two you should be reaping benefits of winning the Daytona five hundred or winning a stage at Atlanta. Like that was yeah long gone. Yeah, because like you said, like them three guys, Harvick, uh, Kyle, and Martin. Like something drastic has to happen to them in that last in that last uh, or even this round. You got to have round. three different winners that aren't them. Yeah, to kick them out. Yeah, so. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the fix is, but the fix is you zero the points out. Yeah, you don't. I mean, like you just said with Algar. I mean, here's this guy tied for you know seventh, eighth, whatever it was, right on the cusp of not making it if he has a problem, and now he's the points leader again just because he had a great regular season. Like at no point in any other sport have I seen the regular season give you a chance to get to the Super Bowl. You know, it gives you home field advantage yeah, and it gives you some things, but I, I think that's round one. And round one is three races. That's a lot of racing to have a big cushion. Yeah. It's like, you know, what are you going to do? Add, you know, you ever seen a baseball game where the the home team starts with five runs because, you know, they mm-hmm. had they, they had a better record. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, they have home field advantage. That's it. Yeah. Like, you don't get a, a giant advantage over the next guy. Right. I, th- I just think it's crazy. Yeah. Like, and I guess last year I didn't really pay attention to it. Because I wasn't in the cup playoff and the Xfinity playoff, Elliot was that guy 
with all those points. And, and, and so you just kept looking at the points thinking, oh, we're good. We got, we're good. We're good. We're good. Now I'm looking at it going, well, no wonder they're good. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're good because of some crazy stuff. Yeah. Somebody needs to look at yeah. that and make some changes. But can, here's what, here's what went through my mind yesterday. I was looking at Amarola. He's leading the race. Hmm. And I click on my little thing that says points as of now. And I'm looking at it. And he's the first guy out. He's ran well all day. He's leading the race, and he's still the first guy out. And I'm thinking, if anybody deserves to be ranked as of right now high, yeah. it's the guy leading the freaking race. And as of this very moment, he is currently one point out of the playoff. How is that possible? Clearly, if he wins a race, yes, he's locked himself in. But he could have finished second or third in that race and at that moment in time and still been the first guy out. And that's when I was looking mm -hmm. at this going, this is wrong. Yes. So we we got to – Look at this and go. This isn't right. This scoring system is flawed. Yeah, it's it's for sure. Got they've got to make some kind of adjustment. I think. Yeah, well, maybe the they will. First two years in the playoffs, it zeroed out after the first round, but then they changed that with the stage points. Yeah. Well, what happened was Martin Truex wrecked somewhere. Talladega, oh, yeah. I yeah. think it was. And they were up. like, oh, man, he's had such a great year. He doesn't deserve mm -hmm. to be kicked out because he wrecked mm -hmm. Talladega. And it was a cutoff mm -hmm. race along, you know, bye-bye Martin mm -hmm. Truex. And then it's like, oh, I need to, I need to fix that. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, let's ensure that the teams who performed all year reap those benefits. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not how sports works. Mm -hmm. Sports is in the moment. It's this game counts. You know, damn carrying all that stuff from 10, 20 races ago, man. I, I don't know. I I've not paid attention to it. This is the first time I've ever looked at it and went, what, what, wait, what? So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll make some adjustments. My damn, <laughs> my, my rant is about caution flags. And yesterday we had, we're, you know, we needed a caution. And, and we hear this on the radio all race long. You see a guy that's right in front of the leader. All right. So 43 is calling in debris and turn two. And it's usually bullshit. Like yeah. it's not yeah. going to be there. Yeah. But so yesterday we called in and, it was a actually I never saw it. Drew saw it from he's down in pit stall five or something. So he's seen turn one. There was something on the racetrack. So it he calls it in. That corner worker goes, yeah, it's up there, but it's out of the groove. What's like, out of the groove? At we over? race all over this place, yeah. and it's who's to say what's out of the groove? You know. So I'm like, well, that's ridiculous. So then fast forward later in the race, the four has his issues. So he's racing back up trying to get the lucky dog, and three different cars call in debris on the backstretch. And the third one was the one who was he, – he needed a caution. He was getting ready to have to pit, so he needs a caution. So he calls in debris. Tower you know, called into their spotter on the backstretch, backstretch spotter. Track's clear, Tower. All right, track's clear, Jamie. So they must tell him, all right, they're not going to throw the caution. Go ahead and pit. Right about this time, the four car moves into the lucky dog spot, and the one comes barreling down pit road. Paul, put it out, put it out. Debris, back straight away. Poor Tyler's like, oh, caution's out for that debris that wasn't on the back straightaway <laughs> two laps ago. So I, I just don't under like you know you want to you don't want to think that they're trying to manipulate the race in any way. But I don't understand how you can have three different guys call out debris caution and then they don't see it, don't see it, don't see it, and all of a sudden, oh wait, you know what? There it is. Never mind. At one point, there was a huge piece of debris on the front stretch and it had the number fourteen on it. <laughs> I can tell you that one brought out a caution. Well, there it was an axle back there. Did you see the door on the twenty-two? Yeah. Like, TJ will be able to talk to it maybe next week, but uh, he ran no, an axle next, week. next year or next month, whatever. Um, so, but he ran over and tore his door all to hell because it was laying back. There was an I think it was out of the fifteen car. He lost an axle. So it's funny to me. There's one spotter for every team. And we're we're in a great spot, obviously. 
but NASCAR has corner workers all the way around the racetrack. And sometimes you wonder what they're doing. It's like, <laughs> hey, stop looking at your phone. There's something laying out here. You know? yeah. They might drop their phone in the safer barrier. They, maybe that's it. what they're looking for. <laughs> yeah. It's their phone. Yeah. What an idiot. What an idiot. You deserve that. Thank yeah. you. Man, I guess uh, TJ Denson is picking. Freddie so. sent me a text last night. Said Dimondetto's getting somewhere. Yeah, I heard. I heard maybe uh, maybe soon, sooner or later, he might be end up in something like maybe that '95 car. Yeah, uh, that was kind of a rumor floating around this mm-hmm. week. So you know, it'd be good for him. That's a good fit there. It kind of leaves really only one more domino to fall, which is that '41 car, which you got to think would be has to be Suarez at this point. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I man, I I had a pretty busy week last week. Didn't talk to a lot of people, but the Dimondetto thing makes sense. You know, I mean, we heard Joey Gase was coming over there and bringing a little money, and they were going to put him in that thirty-two car. And then Dimondetto said he was kind of betting on himself, and and the ninety-five is certainly a step up. But here's the thing, man: the ninety-five with this new package that could be a top top hey. fifteen race team. Yeah. I mean, we know they're going to Toyota. We know they're forming an alliance with Gibbs. We also know that's probably a one-year deal because yeah. we know Christopher Bell has to have a home, and it would make the most sense. Although Gibbs has fired a lot of people lately. Yeah. Gibbs <laughs> fired Joy Logano. Gibbs fired Matt Kenseth. We still don't know if Carl Edwards quit or got fired, but yeah. something happened there. They're getting ready to fire Suarez. Yeah. Like, man, when you uh, go who? to Gibbs, <laughs> well, you better step <laughs> it up. They will fire your ass. It's like being on The Apprentice. Yeah. You're fired. You gone. You gone. So, uh, you know, when you when you look at Seabell, he's got to have a home. The kid's cup ready now. Yeah. Which I said that about William Byron, and then this year he struggled in the cup series. But I think I think Seabell's cup ready. I think that I think that deal will be good, like 95 deal. Like you want to get – maybe get a year under your belt, get the stuff, you know, the bugs worked out, get yep. yourself established. Then you take your proven driver and stick him in there. So maybe that's the thought process there. Let him have another year in Xfinity to learn and then have that team ready to go compete yeah. when he when he's ready to yeah, come. Divendetto came through the ranks kind of at Gibbs. Yeah, he did. And uh and and had some success, had some speed. Yeah. And, and so it'll be good for him to it's a, it, you know, it's clearly a short-term move, but it could have some long-term growth for him. Yeah, for sure. TJ Incense picking, so I guess we'll have to tweet the picks again TJ's, by the end of the week. Man, he's so efficient these days. <laughs> I'm taking Brad Keselowski. I feel like uh, the the two car is fast. I feel like he and his spotter Joey Meyer work well together at plate tracks, and that's a pretty pretty big deal. Um, I lost last week, didn't I? Yeah. How no, does Kyle? No, you, I, I no, you won. You won. I'll be. I won last week. Yeah, with, with Kyle Larson. Larson, Larson sucked all day. Truex fifteenth. <laughs> So I'm up by five. How many races are left? Six. So TJ's he's got to win them all. He's he's got no chance. Yeah. So I got Keselowski. I I feel like that uh, Brad's really good in the draft, and I feel like Joey's a good plate spotter. And they've been hot, man. Won a lot of races. You know. What if TJ wants Keselowski? Well, TJ should have sent in his pick. (laughs) (laughs) Give him time. (laughs) It's um, Talladega is a lot of pressure on spotter. You know, you you uh. You don't really feel it until you're getting ready to take mm-hmm. the green, and then you forget about it after you take the green, and then you get doing your thing, and then you get in a wreck, and then you feel it again. <laughs> I don't know, man. You get, it's it's crazy. Yeah. It's like you said before. Like, you start that race just hoping to not get caught up in somebody else's mess, and ha- if your stuff is rolling at the end, you have a shot to win. I'm telling you right now, when these stages are ending, guys like Amarola, guys like Clint, mm-hmm. guys like Bowman – they have to be very, very aggressive and maximize stage points. Guys like Truex, guys like Harvick, 
They're on a little bit of a different agenda. There's going to be a lot of different agendas in this race. You guys like Jamie McMurray, who may be done racing full-time, that's a place he can win. You know, that whoever in the sixth car, that's a place they can win. So, I, I don't, man, I, I, there's a lot of different agendas, and a lot of people are mad at each other right now. Like, there's a lot going on within the industry that I think has the opportunity to come to light this weekend at the end of these stages and obviously at the end of this race. Yeah, absolutely. The end of the stages are going to be a mess. I mean, you get greedy. In, in these situations. I mean, we saw what Kevin Harvick did to, mm. to Trevor Bain years ago. That's nothing but greed. You know, that's saying, hey, in order for me to advance, I have to do this. I'm really, really probably not very sorry. Pow! Mm. And then you do it. And then, you, I mean, so you, you get in those situations and you're aware of what has to happen to help your situation out. And I mean, I'll say this for me. I'm only on my team. I'm not on anybody else's team. I'm against, I can't like you if I want to beat you at that very moment in life. I can like you when it's over, but if my job is to kick your ass, then I have to not like you during that time that I'm trying to kick your ass. Yeah. Like you can get yourself, we've seen it in the past, like you can get yourself in trouble trying to help out a teammate or stuff like, you know what I mean? Like, yep. you, you know, you, you can get yourself run over or, or hurt your position on the track by, I'm going to try and push this guy up here. You know, we got a little bit of a run, but this, this lane's moving. I'll stay with him and you stay with him and go to the back. So, yep. you know, you, you, especially in a position where you need stage points and you need to dig yourself out of a hole from Dover, you're going to have to be all for yourself and, and do what you got to do to get up there and get them points. Guys that work well together, like Clint, man, he he's like Hugh Hefner. He's just, dancing with everybody and i'm like man we're not making any friends during this race but clint's doing that that thought process of oh i gotta do this now to go fast oh, i gotta do this to move this lane i gotta do this past this guy so it's constantly changing and it's hard to stay committed and loyal like freddie said and sometimes you do get in a bad spot because you're trying to help and do those right things yep yeah, you feel like Bubba will be good this weekend. Bubba's a great plate racer. Yeah, man, we're, we've been pretty good. Uh, we're, you know, unfortunately, at the end of the year, we've had all these damn wrecks. So uh, we actually don't even have a backup car. I don't think, I mean, maybe they might have one, but it's not yeah. prepared. So we're like, we're not going to be able to practice at all. We're, Bubba's going to be kind of starting to race cold, which, you know, as long as you go out there, your car's not dragging the ground, everything kind of works, motor runs, you kind of know what you got for the for the race. So, but he's done a great job all year. We just got, you know, we obviously finished second Daytona. Got caught up in a couple other people's wrecks at, you know, the second Daytona in Talladega. I think I spun somebody out. I don't remember who in that Daytona race. I think it might have been the 14 car. Maybe. <laughs> you wrecked uh, me, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> so, you ran over me. <laughs> well, you're in the way. We were, well, trying, we to were go. trying to make a move. <laughs> there again, you know, we're catching our teammate. It was Harvick. And it's like, hey, if you try to push him right here, we're going to be screwed. Clint jumps out of line. Bubba jumps out, runs over us. I mean, it's, it's a lot going on, man. It happens fast. Yeah, but, you know, hopefully, like you said, hopefully we survive. And if we survive, that's a good day. If you've never been to Talladega, you have got to go once. You been? Yeah, 2016. Yeah, it's fun, man. It's a good time. That infield's great. Uh, it's it's probably one of the bigger towns in Alabama, that, that particular racetrack on that weekend, man. Saturday night, you coming with me? I'm going to have a couple beers, watch my buddy Chris Schrader play oh, yeah. in the infield. Him and uh, He's opening for Chris Jansen Saturday night. Buy in me infield. a boat. Oh. Buy me a boat, man. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, front and center sing that yeah. song. Heck yeah, man. You guys come find us. We'll have some beers somewhere. Maybe, it, maybe vodka. We can't really drink I was hoping I was going to not have to worry about this race. I was like, man, we're going to wind over and it's going to be good. <laughs> now i got to worry about it. So, Well, uh, we'll see you guys. Thanks yep. for listening. One Main is uh, a great sponsor of ours. Been a part of the show since we started it. Uh, I think we need a sponsor next year. So maybe we should tell people that, Dillner. 
Maybe we get C.E. Falk to sponsor yeah, us. Maybe we get C.E. Falk to sponsor us. <laughs> Chick-fil-A would be a good Maybe we'll sponsor. start a GoFundMe like that other person did uh, that made like a million dollars. I'm glad right. Dillner's not I'm on, yeah, on air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was a beep him too. All right. All right thanks, Cheers. Exalta. See you guys next week. Cheers to judges, Holla. You've been listening to Door Bumper Clear, brought to you by One Main. For updates on Elliott Sadler and the number one junior motorsports team, go to OneMainRacing.com. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.